naturally occurring psychoactive compound, psilocybin, is found in over 200 species of mushrooms. Despite their millennia of use by humans for mental and spiritual well-being, they have been classified falsely among the most dangerous and illegal of substances. Locked away from those who need them most. The Psilocybin Chronicles documents the individuals who courageously consume, collect, or cultivate these mushrooms to improve the quality of their lives. Won't you join us as we welcome the return of psilocybin? Welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. I am your host, Eric Osborne. This podcast is intended for education and harm reduction purposes only. The Psilocybin Chronicles, Michael Meditations, nor myself condones any illegal activity. Shanika Sandcroft is a licensed clinical social worker. She worked for many years in this capacity in Jamaica, caring for some of the island's most disadvantaged citizens. She began working as a facilitator at Michael Meditations over one year ago. In the past six months, Shanika has taken over the management of Magnificent Mushrooms Limited, the Jamaican company that provides top-quality psilocybin mushrooms to Myco Meditations. Shanika has been an incredible addition to the team. I often call her Save the Day Shanika because many, many times she has saved the day. Won't you join me in welcoming this very special guest, Shanika, to the Psilocybin Chronicles. Shanika, welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. Thank you for having me, finally. (laughs) You're going to call me out from the start. (laughs) Hey, every time wasn't my fault. Yeah. There was a time you had to cancel. It was my fault. Well, let's not even call it fault, really. But, you know, you canceled. Um, All right, Shanika. So, uh, tell us, if you could consume psilocybin mushrooms with anybody from time in history, who would that be and why? Um. On first thought, probably my math teacher from high school. What? <laughs> At least I would get in his head and figure out what the hell he was <laughs> talking about all this time. You know? <laughs> he made math very difficult. Yeah. But apart from that... <laughs> Sounds like some trauma there. <laughs> yes. Definitely some trauma there. Oof. Man. Well, that's interesting that you bring that up, though. Because, I mean, so what do you... You see that he... Made a subject, fifth grade math should be relatively simple. Definitely. And he made it more difficult. More difficult. Uh, So that seems to indicate that you uh, imagine that it would improve his communication skills, perhaps? Yes, most definitely. Communication was his major problem. (laughs) That has resulted in my trauma. (laughs) Even though I hate math because of him. But apart from my high school teacher, though, probably... I would consume psilocybin with probably Samuel L. Jackson or Kevin Hart. Oh, damn. Those yes. Are, that's excellent. Yes. Samuel Jackson would be so, so cool. Dope. Oh, yeah. my God. I could, wow. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, those guys, they're just wicked funny. Mm-hmm. And life throws some challenges at me sometimes. I... You know, sometimes I don't even crack a smile and those Mm. guys will make you Mm -hmm, laugh. mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. And isn't that such an important part of the psilocybin experience? Definitely, definitely. The joy, the laughter. Yeah. Laughter is like the best medicine. Absolutely. So I would get some lifelong medicine. (laughs) Wow. That is 
Sammy, Sammy J, you'd yeah. be you'd be on Tell my list, where. buddy. Oh my goodness, who knows where? Yeah. The, maybe he will hear this. Yes. Anyway, uh, no, that, that's interesting. And, and you know, I've been thinking lately about how how valuable it would be to work with in, influential people like yes. Kevin Hart or Sam Jackson. Yes, um, I've thought about it so many times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the, the impact. Yes. Right. That it would yeah. have. So you know, you're relatively new to psilocybin, but you got quickly immersed into the world but yeah. when before you started working with us here had you ever even heard of magic mushrooms no i haven't actually um when i first started about magic mushrooms i heard some of my friends um talking about it but i wasn't really listening to their conversation i was just hearing bits and pieces of what they were talking about mm-hmm. i was they were talking about eric and my meditations and the work that they're doing. And so I caught bits and pieces of the information. But when they started talking about how it is um, helping people with depression, anxiety, I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know anything about mushrooms rather than the ones that we eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, how would many. this mushroom help people? Mm-hmm. So that's when I actually Googled um, psilocybin mushrooms and I started to get very curious because I wanted to know more about how it helped people with depression because being a social worker I have seen so much of this sometimes I go home with the challenges of these people on my head mm-hmm. because you know they have no way out they don't they can't find a way to deal with their challenges for themselves and so that's why i got um curious as i would put it and right away my friend told me that eric wanted somebody to work for him i'm like wow this would be interesting (laughs) so i reached out and was interviewed and got the job and so from there i you know dug further into it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with direct experience right. and, and the research so kind of what was your first impression when you started se- i mean this is really fascinating right you like right. had no exposure to psilocybin whatsoever and then immediately you're working in right this context of 15 or so people dosing at high levels on psilocybin you had a background as a social worker so you know caring for people is in your nature right um, but what were some of your first impressions watching people trip when before you had consumed psilocybin yourself? At first, I was just wondering how how is this going to help them? <laughs> uh, how would they just consume a substance and it helps with depression mm-hmm. and anxiety? But really being there and seeing how they transform right before my very eyes. Mm-hmm. It was it was quite intense for me actually. It was an intense experience. Was there any part of you that was skeptical early on? No, no, I wasn't. That's the thing. Usually, I would be skeptical, but I, I amazingly, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't. Mm. I was just intrigued about this um, this medicine that can help people. So then you were with us for I don't know, probably a couple months before you dosed yourself. Yes. Then and then so. How did your uh, understanding of of the experience change after you had a direct encounter with psilocybin? Well, because I wasn't very skeptic, so I didn't approach it 
you know, with much apprehension. But being that I, I, I'm not very familiar with any form of drug. Mm-hmm. So that's what was bugging me most of all. I was more afraid of what, of losing control, really, mm-hmm. of any substance that alters my state of mind. That was my biggest problem. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, I had really no, no, um, apprehension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your first experience, I recall, is pretty mild. Yes, right? it was very mild, actually. But you always say that, um, sometimes when we think we don't have a big experience mm-hmm. and we sit and reflect on it, there can be va- some value, mm-hmm. um, in what we experience, even if we think we don't, we didn't have an experience. Mm-hmm. So even, uh, it's almost a year now since my first dose, since mm-hmm. that first dose. And even now, when I sit and reflect on it, mm. I find value in it. And I have had a life-changing experience from that dose that I thought I did not <laughs> get an experience from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so important to point that out. Um, it, it is really it's so interesting how this thing works and how so often... You know, like maybe like 20% of the time, it seems like people feel like they're not having an experience and right. it still is rewiring, doing something internally Definitely. that's causing a shift. So what do you mind sharing kind of some of the, the changes that you've seen in yourself since you were working with Soul 7? So going back to my childhood, my parents, they're very humble beings. Mm. I have never heard my mom raised her voice out of anger in all my life. My dad is the same thing. Mm. Now, in the relationship that I'm in, uh, my boyfriend, he grew up in a fairly different environment. He's used to hearing a lot of fighting, mm. anger being expressed. Now, I realize now I wasn't able to express anger. Mm. So... If we have a disagreement and he would be raging at me, I would just sit there, listen to him and respond in a calm manner. Mm -hmm. And he would not have that (laughs) because he would think... He wanted to fight. Yes. He would think I'm suppressing my feelings, I'm Mm -hmm. not expressing myself. But in fact, I wasn't able to express anger. I didn't know what anger looks like. Mm -hmm. So... Mm. When I took that first dose and months later I reflected and I realized I'm not able to express anger. I do not know what anger looks like. And so this is what is causing the problems in my relationship. Hmm. And so I went and I spoke with him about this. And he said he didn't know that was a problem for me. Mm -hmm. And so because I was able to tell him this, I was able to acknowledge this, from that time on, we have not had a disagreement hmm. about that. Hmm. Yes. So. Again, back to the communication that you brought right. up early on, right? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. And just months afterwards. Months after. So can we talk a little bit about then? So like, well, first of all, has has your boyfriend, I won't, I won't mention my friend who is also <laughs> your boyfriend, just in case he doesn't want to be named. I don't know. Has, has he consumed yet? Soul 7? Yes, he he consumed just a gram and a half. Mm. Uh, it was not very intense for him. 
he just gave him the munches <laughs> but we we will definitely schedule another time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what i want is some form of consistency for him like three days out of the week mm-hmm. that we put aside to do it so that mm-hmm. i can you know monitor his experience yeah and, and just have some real time with yes. it right i mean that's yes. You know, there is value in having like right. whatever a dose on a night, but if you can take a couple of days and really right. work, it's, that's right. what we see here at the retreat so often. Yes. So, and, and so what this leads into, um, that I think is just one of the most fascinating elements of our work is how we're seeing psilocybin make its way into the Jamaican culture, yes. um, population. It's not something that has been uh commonly no used it's not here. common here in jamaica at all even even edible mushrooms that's not really a thing no here, it's right? not a thing yeah yeah uh so uh, kind of what's your perspective on that this, this this move from psilocybin to jamaicans now that i started working closer with these mushrooms i have definitely seen the benefits that it can have in um jamaica mm-hmm. Because sometimes we as Jamaicans, we seem to be, we seem to have a lot of pride. Yes, it's true. (laughs) Because even if we have a problem, if we feel depressed, Mm -hmm. we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. We don't find a a solution for it. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of Jamaicans out there suffering from depression, anxiety, who I think would really benefit Mm -hmm. from this Mm -hmm. medicine. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm also really inter- interested to see how it would impact the consumption of alcohol. Yes, definitely. Because uh, I think that's one of Jamaicans' biggest problems nowadays. Well, you know, it's like directly, as you said, that Jamaicans have this sense of pride. And, yeah. you know, I, there's a lot of, a lot of goodness in that. And Jamaica has so much to be proud of. Um, but you know, it can go overboard. Um, and then it seems to me like most people are treating their pain, their suffering with alcohol. alcohol yes. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this could be so helpful to kind of redirecting that. Um, do you think that's how likely do you think that it is that for Jamaica to actually embrace psilocybin culturally? Um, it's going to take some time <laughs> mm-hmm. because um, most persons, we are familiar with ganja mm-hmm. and hardly nothing else. Mm-hmm. So it will take some time. I've been surprised, though, here in Treasure Beach anyway, with the uh, openness from the yes, locals. Yes, surprisingly, um, more persons are getting very, very open to it. Persons are coming up to me, asking me genuine questions, showing genuine interest mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. in what we're doing here and how it, it is impacting the community. Mm-hmm. So, yes, surprisingly, persons are really open. Yeah. 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 It, it, it may shift quicker than we think. Yes. Um, and, you know, so like ganja mm-hmm. is, I think, kind of a middle ground. It can actually mm-hmm. help bring people to psilocybin because it's recognizing, again, plants as medicine. Right. 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 Um, and then like there is also this thing. It's kind of like um, it's part of the trick that psilocybin plays on us is that, you know, Jamaicans like to party. Right. And so <laughs> yeah. like psilocybin. Like and I, I'm try, I'm trying to find euphemisms for getting fucked up, um, but 
like that's one of the doors actually i believe is a door that psilocybin uses mm-hmm. to bring people in um because i know like myself when i was young it's like i just like to get out of my head yeah you know and then so mushrooms were a way to do that and then right. very soon i came to see that mushrooms were much more than that you know so lately you have been uh, had a had a big role in the cultivation of these mushrooms here uh yes. that was kind of out of necessity, you know, since you've been with us, you've shown yourself to be just an outstanding uh, employee or uh, uh, coworker. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't like this employee type thing. We're all in this together. But you've just you've just done such a wonderful job here working with guests and that we needed someone helping the city with the grows. And so you stepped in with that and have really just done an outstanding job in organizing and, and helping just keep this thing on the ball. Um, but that's another element that you know you were completely new to yes and uh it seems like it's been really rewarding for you yes it has been really rewarding actually because i found that i've grown as a person (laughs) even working closer with the mushrooms there's just this sense of calm and peace that i've been experiencing in my life Mm on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. Once I come to work, even if I'm upset or ha- had a bad morning, it's like from the moment I step into these doors around the mushrooms, I have everything just melts away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I know that feeling. Yeah. I, re- I remember, I guess, a couple of months now ago, um, you sent me a message just, and it was before, I think it was before you started in the cultivation, mm-hmm. uh, just how you'd kind of had this realization, what a sacred medicine this right. is, uh, and how it is to be respected. And it sounds right. like you even, you're feeling that more and more all definitely, the time. Definitely. So talk about some of the, like the day to day stuff and just things that you found really beautiful or interesting about growing psilocybin. Um, most of all, just coming to work you know, you're going to see the mushrooms. It's like they can talk to you. <laughs> it's like we communicate. Mm-hmm. When you s- go near them, it's like they're singing this beautiful song and they're just mm-hmm. glowing at you. You know, it's 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 a really rewarding job. And, you know, coming to work, even with our coworkers, um, everyone just blends together. And these mushrooms can sense vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if something is going wrong, it's like they can sense it. So things start to go wrong. Mm-hmm. But the moment we start to have good vibe around, you know, everything just blossoms. It's, it's all so goodness. true. And I know yes. it sounds so hippy dippy. Yeah. But man, when you see it so many times. That yes, I've seen it so many times. And even today, you know, I went and uh, just told the guests good morning, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh they were saying how they could just feel the care that went yes. into these mushrooms. So I tell them I was coming over here and whatnot, and they just said, you know, will you please thank the growers? Because we could tell several of them said that part of their experience um, yesterday at the high dose was how important it was that these mushrooms were grown here and cared for yes. here. Um, so that's so real. And I just am so grateful that you have been, you know, a part of a part of that aspect as well. Um, and then, you know, seeing how well they responded to you, that was another indicator for yes, me. Yes. Uh, who, who what we're working with here. And and it's like I don't know, man, I can never get away from this like beauty of this 
powerful, powerful, mystical medicine growing out of Very dung. Very powerful. Exactly. You know, like yes. we go collect the, the dung from the horses and grow the mushrooms yep. in that and the straw. And it's just like from this super humble. Yes, super beginning. humble. Super humble. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. So what do you what do you think? You know, you've been watching kind of our approach to psilocybin wellness over the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've read the re- some of the research and, you know, what are, what are your thoughts and, and kind of hopes around what psilocybin therapy would look like into the future? Well, I can say what I hope for because work, working with this medicine for over a year now and seeing how it transformed people's lives, I just hope it can spread even more over the world mm. because you know and it's a as i always say it's a sacred medicine so we don't want it just for any and anything mm-hmm. i hate to hear when persons use it for just recreational purposes mm-hmm. because i just feel like it's been abused <laughs> but i have seen where steps are being put in place for persons to have freer access and that is just great news i just hope it will continue in the road that it's heading and know that it's jamaicans are taken to it they're more open to it i hope there will not be a stigma that will develop around it i just hope they will just embrace this as a medicine mm-hmm, yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about the uh, the safety, some of the safety aspects? You know, I think that's valid to talk about. And maybe some of the things that you've seen in these experiences that uh, illustrate why it's so important to have it in a definitely, really safe setting. Definitely. Some of the safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of, just kind of some of what you've seen and why you, just why it's so important to have this done in a safe setting. Well, psilocybin mushroom it uh, cause you to hallucinate and it might give you mind altering experiences so you don't want to just take it up take it up on yourself to just go sit somewhere by yourself and take these mushrooms mm-hmm. because you don't know what might hit you mm-hmm. so it's always wise to have somebody who knows about the the um knows about the mushrooms, what it can do, and be there, sit with you. So, and in a safe, contained environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, <clears throat> just thinking how, like, you know, I feel like even though you trusted the medicine, you know, it surely took some time for you to feel, and I don't know, maybe there's still some times where you're like, holy cow, this thing. Oh, definitely. Because... Each time I facilitate during a retreat, I see something different. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there is always something d- different yeah, with this medicine. It's never typical. Yeah. Well, you know, you've become just outstanding at holding space for people. Um, you know, what you've probably done, like, I don't know, 20 or so retreats with us at yeah, this point. Yeah, they're about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you've got a lot of experience under your belt. And it's yeah. just been really wonderful watching you kind of grow in that space and then come over here into the cultivation yeah. uh, 
and do so well with it. So, yeah, I guess last question, um, the billboard. <laughs> if you could put up a billboard, billboard for psilocybin mushrooms, what would it be? And yeah. Wow. <laughs> Probably I would have to be a millionaire to sponsor this billboard because it would not just have a few words. <laughs> it would have a whole essay. But uh, before I answer that question directly, though, mm -hmm. a few months ago, I was on the beach with my boyfriend. No, he's quite a charmer. So we were there <laughs> <laughs> sitting by ourselves and I went to get some alcohol. And all of a sudden, on my return to him, I saw him sitting with some Americans talking. So I'm like, geez, this, this guy find friends already in just a few minutes. So of course we were there just talking and, um, I wasn't consuming any alcohol. So, um, the wife asked me, why am I not drinking? So I said, well, I have to go to work the following morning and I have to look quite radiant for my guest. <laughs> so she was like, wait, what? <laughs> so of course she popped the question. And the question was, so what kind of work do you do? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh God, this is going to lead into a two-hour-long conversation. <laughs> Anyways, I started telling her about my work and um, she was quite intrigued. And then she started telling me that she is suffering from depression. And being here in Jamaica is her first step in doing something about it. Mm. So... She started asking me more about the mushrooms and how it can help her. So I started to give her some information, tell her to call her office, make an appointment to come to one of her retreats. And she's like skeptic and saying she's not sure if it will help her because she has been trying so hard. So I'm like, look, it's worth a try. And you know, we have the tool to help you. Mm. So you just, you have the power. We have the tool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So make a step. This is your chance to do something right with it. So she's like, so when I come to the retreat and then I go back, what if I can't hang on to what she experienced? And so I, I told her that we are giving you the, the tool you will go back with some of it. It will not just dissipate just mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, I'm, an, I'm like an old car. So I'm like, good. So guess what? There is some power left in you. Mm. So she's like, well, probably I lost the key. So I'm like, hotwire that car. <laughs> so her husband is, was like, well, I want to hotwire that car for so long. <laughs> but it goes to say that sometimes we think we don't have the power within us to make a change, mm. to even start dealing with what we're going through. But we have the tool here, Michael, with these magic mushrooms mm -hmm. you have the power within you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so my that's what my billboard would say mm. we have the tool and you have, have the, the power. power oh wow i <laughs> yes. like that that's that's a really great analogy uh so often that's what the mushroom shows us yes you know, is that the power is within us it is within us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is within us 
It's like as much as I as much as I see the mute mushroom as just this amazing tool. I come to see the people that consume it as these amazing creatures. Yes, and definitely. when you put the two together, yes, amazing things. Because these these mushrooms just show what is already within mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. just bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Well, it is certainly exciting to be a part of bringing this to life here in Jamaica and globally. Yes, uh, definitely having you a part of it. And I am very grateful to be a part of this. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Grateful to have you. So, well, um, we are, we are going to get him in the Patois version now. <laughs> <laughs> no? No. You don't want to do a Patois version? <laughs> yeah, sure. Can you handle it? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know that. All right. Thank you, Shanika. It's been awesome having you here finally. Yes, yes. And I will thank let you, you get back to your wonderful work. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. We have the tool, you have the power. And folks, this is one heck of a power tool. <laughs> now listeners, you can probably tell that I think very highly of this woman. I cannot overstate how much I appreciate her being a part of our team. She's absolutely invaluable to the work that we do. And I would like to take a minute to share with you, my listeners, a bit more about my connection to the island of Jamaica and some of the value that I have realized through working in this culture and with its citizens. So I started visiting Jamaica in 2003. My love for the culture began when I was around 13 years old and first saw a picture of Bob Marley. Somehow, despite being born into a lower middle class family in Kentucky, I knew when I saw those gnarly dreadlocks that I had found my tribe. At age 13, I had no idea how true that was. By the millennium, around seven years after becoming a dedicated fan of Bob Marley and other Americanized reggae, I began hearing the word Rastafari in the music, wondering how I could have listened so long to this genre and only just now become aware of this phrase. I started to look into what Rastafari even meant. This is where my world turned on its head. If you're not familiar with Rastafari, well, I'm not going to take this time to give you a history lesson. And just to be clear, I'm not talking about the lip service smoke pot all day, just grow dreadlocks and you're a Rasta kind of Rasta. If you did want to look into what I am speaking of, you would want to study Haile Selassie I, the Ethiopian monarch, and the faith history of Ethiopia beginning around 1000 BC. It is fascinating and vast. It could be another podcast show of its own. Suffice it to say that Rasta philosophy did as much to shatter my ontological structures as psychedelics, if not more. In 2003, I finally made it to Jamaica, and it was exactly as I had expected. It was like I walked into my own vision of the future. The people, the food, the sounds, the sights, the poverty, the camaraderie, the spirit of one love was all around me. People helping people, struggling but smiling through it. I had marveled at how such a small island could have such a massive impact globally. After that, I just had to go back at least once a year. It wasn't until 2011 that I even had the idea to offer psilocybin retreats in Jamaica, despite trying to devise ways for my Jamaican friends to fill their guest houses for the past eight years. I then spent the next year taking as much psilocybin as possible, and it was a lot, to prepare myself for what would rapidly and thankfully consume my life. 
During my master's degree, I studied extensively post-colonial literature and Pan-African studies. I have been well aware for decades that the women of the African diaspora are one of the most abused and undervalued populations on the planet. And in Jamaica, well, that entire population has been a victim not only of colonial oppression, but of the ongoing economic, social, and health impact that this subjugation has incurred. Jamaica has been and still is being abused by wealthy or even middle-class Westerners that want to come to the island and use it as their personal party ground, complete with local Jamaicans that have no choice but to serve ungrateful guests with a bitter smile. When I began the Myco Meditations project, I was determined that my efforts would alleviate suffering for Jamaicans, not contribute to it. And that's still a huge part of my mission. Words cannot express the profound sense of gratitude that myself and my team feel at being able to help our guests grow and heal with psilocybin. This I had to some degree expected. Even before beginning these retreats, I knew well the power of psilocybin to heal. What I didn't foresee was the endless joy that would come with hiring women like Shanika and paying them a reasonable wage. I mean, you don't think that these foreign-owned resorts are down there paying competitive wages, do you? Most of them, not all, but most of them, like the plantations before them, are milking the Jamaican labor force for every drop that they can get. And there will likely be psychedelic retreats and groups that do the same. I encourage you to do your research wherever you go, in whatever capacity you travel. Many of us have heard the horror stories of what has happened in Iquitos. If you don't know what happened to Maria Sabina in her hometown of Oaxaca, then I encourage you to look into that as well. I'm personally terrified of something like this happening in Jamaica. The media is already saying that psychedelics are going to be more profitable than marijuana. This is such a painful and troubling thing to hear around these sacred medicines. Yet again, we seem poised to exploit a natural resource, vulnerable populations, and entire cultures just to line our own pockets. And yes, I do know that there are critics who claim that Mycomeditations is one of these organizations. Uninformed individuals look at our prices and suggest or outright claim that we are taking advantage of individuals. The truth is, it is expensive to operate in Jamaica. And beyond that, I insist that we pay our staff above average wages. The people in the island of Jamaica, they have done so much to help me become the man that I am. And not just because I can work with psilocybin mushrooms there. Through working and living in this community, I gain such valuable perspectives on privilege, classism, racism, community, and the value of facing life's challenges with a smile. I am forever indebted to this island, and it is my constant prayer that part of my life's legacy is that I have shown the people of Jamaica how valuable they are to the rest of the world. Shanika is absolutely a huge part of that and of who we are at Michael Meditations as are our other Jamaican employees and foreign ones as well. You'll be hearing from more of them from time to time. Now though, let me thank you for joining Shanika and I on the Psilocybin Chronicles. May all of your journeys, both inward and outward, be safe and rewarding.